what are conservation laws and why are they so important in physics. Also, what can we learn from these conservation laws about faith and science and the relation between those two? And more than that, can we, if we consider the principle that the creation is always a reflection of the creator, what can we learn from these conservation laws of, uh, about the character of God? This and more you will learn in today's episode. I'm Joshua Göcking and you're listening to the Sci Faith Podcast. In my book Sci Faith, the compatibility of faith and science is a chapter which shows that science is a kind of faith. Even though the scientific facts are pretty certain, there are decrees of freedoms in the interpretation of those facts. As long as the chosen interpretation is able to describe all measurements in its valid theory. If there is however more than one interpretation of these facts that achieves this goal, one cannot de determine which one is the right one. Therefore it is a matter of faith to believe in one of those interpretations. In my book I illustrate this issue even further. In this episode I want to discuss this using an example from physics which is also discussed in my book and show how this can help believers when overcome, overcome by doubts. One of the most important things in physics are the conservation laws. These state that certain quantities do not change over time but remain conserved. A quantity that does not change oftentimes simplifies the calculations significantly. Therefore these, these quantities are so important in physics. Furthermore, such conserved quantities contain a certain beauty that is especially appreciated by us humans living in a world that is subject to permanent change looking for something that remains constant. In theoretical physics, one can see the full mathematical beauty in which these conservation laws can be described. Because it is like that. From the existence of certain symmetries, one can conclude that some quantity is conserved. This is called the Noether theorem. Using this, I can for example conclude from the fact that the result of an experiment does not depend on when it is executed, which is the symmetry of time, from this I can conclude that the energy is conserved. The conservation of energy is probably the most important conservation law in physics. Even though it follows directly from theory, its validity has repeatedly been put to test. This already is apparent in classical mechanics. If I let a pendulum swing in a gravitational field, the law of conservation of energy tells us, tells us that it should swing eternally in the same way. Otherwise it was, would lose energy which would contradict this law. If one does this experiment here on earth, however, exactly that will happen. The pendulum will gradually lose energy and not return to its initial, initial position. A doubtful person might see this theory, this theory therefore as disproved and look for new theories. However, if one looks closer, this law of 
the conservation of energy can be saved by realizing that not the whole environment was taken into account. Since the experiment takes place here on Earth, the pendulum is not only in a gravitational field, but also in an atmosphere consisting of air. Considering this, one realizes that the pendulum will lose energy due to air friction. On a microscopic scale, the pendulum is bombarded by air atoms that it pushes in the direction that it is swinging. The loss of energy with one such atom is minuscule. However, since it is bombarded by countless air atoms, the energy loss will be more significant and with time it will gradually swing less and less. Therefore, the energy is not lost, but transformed in another kind of energy in this case into the kinetic energy of the air atoms, which on a macroscopical scale will lead to the environment of the pendulum being slightly warmer. Hence it follows that the net energy stays the same and is therefore conserved. Since we could not see what happened on a microscopic scale, it seemed as if the law of the conservation of energy was not fulfilled. This has been the case every time when this law was put in doubt due to seemingly contradicting experiments. The missing energy was transformed into something that was not taken into account or not even accessible by the experiment. This is also true for the next example that we will consider. In the radioactive beta decay, a neutron decays into a proton. Furthermore, we measure an electron in the decay. Therefore, it seems that a neutron would decay into two particles, a proton and an electron. Using the law of the conservation of energy, one can compute the possible energies that these outgoing particles can have depending on the energy of the decaying neutron. This, the result states that only disc discrete energy values are allowed. However, the measurements showed show a continuous energy spectrum. A discrete energy spectrum can be compared to individual colors like red, green and blue, while a continuous spectrum would also contain all the transition between those colors, like you can see it in a rainbow. This difference between the theoretical and the measured energy spectrum therefore seems to contradict the law of the conservation of energy. When this was discovered in the beginning of the 20th century, this law had already shown to be useful and accru accurate at many occasions. Therefore, no one seriously doubted its accuracy. Instead, a further particle, the so-called neutrino, was postulated. This is a third particle that is ejected in this decay and is invisible to our measuring devices. With three outgoing particles, such a continuous spectrum can be explained. Also today, scientists are convinced that these neutrinos exist and their existence could be confirmed in several experiments. However, most often they are evidenced by their missing, ener by their missing energy. For example, at colliders like the Large Hadron Collider at CERN in Switzerland, neutrinos are identified through missing transverse energy. The proton beams that collide are roughly of the same energy in these colliders. 
Therefore, the net energy is zero. After a collision, the amount of energy of the outgoing particles transversal to the photo, uh, proton beam hence needs to be zero for, too for the law of the conservation of energy to be fulfilled. However, in many events this is not the case and there is energy missing in the outgoing particles. Oftentimes this is led back to neutrinos that do not leave any trace in these detectors. Instead of being overcome by doubts, the physicists found a way to save the law of the conservation of energy by recognizing the missing energy as a particle that is invisible to our detectors, namely the neutrino. That the conservation of energy was not simply dismissed indicates that there has been a deep faith in the validity of the, of the law of the conservation of energy among those scientists. This faith was founded on a vast, vast amount of experiments in which this law has proven to be accurate. On, on the one hand, this shows that science is also a kind of faith. On the other hand, one can learn something from this about the faith in God. Instead of doubting God at the first, si at the first signs of difficulty, it pays off to believe in him. In the following we want to dive deeper into this latter part. As already stated several times, uh, the creation always is a reflection of the creator. Therefore we can find God's char character reflected also in the conservation laws of nature. In Hebrews 13 verse 8 it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Since Jesus is God, this means that God is the same yesterday, today and forever. Scientifically, scientifically speaking, that would be a conservation law. God's character is hence conserved in all eternity. As one can find quantities in science that are conserved, one can find char characteristics of God that are always conserved. One of these characteristics are the always, that are always conserved is the goodness of God. In Psalms 34 verse 8 it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. From this we can conclude that God, God is always good. His goodness is therefore conserved just like the energy in his uh, creation is conserved. Like with the law of the conservation of energy, this is not always apparent at first sight. Everyone gets into situations that don't look good at all in the natural. The same is true for Christians. Unfortunately, this leads many to doubt God's goodness and depart from him. However, his goodness is just like the law of the conservation of energy. Just because we do not see that energy is conserved at first, that does not mean that the law of the conservation of energy is not fulfilled. Maybe we just haven't looked closely enough. In the same way, God's goodness is not gone just because we do not feel or see it in our everyday life with our limited perception. Rather, we either do not look closely enough or we cannot see it right now with our natural senses, although it's there. Oftentimes it only takes a different perspective to, to see that God is in fact good. 
Or one needs to be patient to see God's goodness also in the natural in our personal lives. To not be overcome by doubts, one therefore needs to have faith in him and his goodness. This faith comes by hearing the word of God. I experienced this oftentimes in my own life where it did not look good in the natural but still God was working everything for the best, as he promises in his word. After finishing my bachelor's degree, I fell into a mental abyss. Already during my thesis, I had problems motivating myself to continue and I was questioning whether I wanted to continue studying physics. I decided to do so and even though I believe it was the right decision, it was a constant struggle. Also in my private life, not everything, everything worked as I wanted it to and I went through many good but challenging changes. I brought these struggles to God in prayer, but these prayers were only seldom fused with faith. Rather, they were filled with complaints about these problems. When I realized that this was not helping, I decided to believe that God what God's word said, whether it looked like it or in the natural or not. I decided to believe his goodness and to believe that he will work all things for the best. My situation was still the same, but through this faith and in knowing that God's word is the truth, I already felt a lot better. And in the natural, my life began to adjust to what I was believing. I realized that many things I wished for at this time was not at all what I wanted. For example, I decided after finishing my master's degree to get a job in the IT sector instead of working on a PhD. As I now know, this was the right decision. I'm still interested in physics, however, now I can conduct it as a hobby, which gives me the freedom to work on things I'm most interested in. By now I experience the goodness of God in my everyday life, also in the natural. But independent from what the circumstances might say, I have a deep knowing that God will work everything for the best. This certainty allows to go through all kinds of challenges with hope. I want to encourage you to believe in the goodness of God. Just like the energy, God's goodness is conserved and he works everything for the best. The faith needed for this comes from hearing the word of God. From my own experience, I know that if you cultivate this faith in your life, God's immeasurable goodness will more and more show up in your life. This was today's podcast episode about the topic of the goodness of God and the conservation laws of physics. I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you have been encouraged by the content. I think it's really encouraging to know that God is always good and he, that he works everything for the best in our lives. And I hope that you will experience this also in your life. You can learn more about Sci Faith on my website sci-faith.de slash en for the English part and there you can also find more information about me. You can find more information about my book which right now unfortunately only exists in German but hopefully it will soon also exist in English. 
can also learn more about the vision of SciFaith, what it's all about. You can read uh, blog posts there, you can see other podcasts episode there and you can also contact me. So if you have any questions about physics, anything that you want to have covered in this podcast or any, any topics regarding science and faith, you can just write me there and I will try to bring them in the podcast episode or try to answer your question questions in an episode or in a direct message and also uh, you can if you want to be kept updated about what is happening at Sci faith you can also check the marker and then you will receive uh, regularly updates about what's happening with Sci faith The next podcast episode of the English Sci faith podcast will appear on Easter. And at this special date, we will talk about the resurrection of Jesus and we will look into the, the historical facts and we will check if the resurrection of Jesus can in, indeed be viewed as a historical occurrence or if it's, if it's just a myth. So stay tuned for this. Have a great time and God bless.